following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, season 19, episode number three. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the star, I got Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia here with me. We got about 45 minutes with you guys, uh, and we'll be talking about a little bit of everything today. J- uh, Stephen Jones was on The Fan, our partner station, yesterday. Uh, he had some interesting things to say. We'll go through some of that stuff. Uh, we're going to get to some fan questions. I've been promising this for the last couple shows. We're going to try to do that today. We'll take some phone calls, 888-855-2297. You can hit us up. Jazz is sitting there waiting and ready for you guys to call in. So uh, so go ahead and call in. We'd love to hear from you, hear some questions, and uh, get these guys thinking. Let's start first. That was a question, I think, that, that just kind of sets the stage for where we are at this point that I got from Richard on Twitter. He says, is it more hectic in the building now that's closer to the draft? Are there more scouts just running around? What happens at this point? We're eight days out from the NFL draft. What's going on in the building at this point? Seems pretty quiet. I mean, uh, I, I think it's, it's always like considered the calm before the storm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Brian will tell you more about what the scouts are running around. But, I mean, I feel like they're probably getting their ducks in a row a little bit, probably doing a lot of calling to other teams, trying to see where other teams are, are feeling out. Yeah, there's a you know, it, it, and Nick's right. There's a certain calmness about it. It's not so much running around. You finished up. You know, they had some of the thirty visit guys. Maybe the schedules don't quite work with trying to get everybody in a certain time period. There is a time where the league says you can't bring players. I think that's in. either yesterday or today. Yeah, so you're yeah. yeah you're in that mode now. So it's it's the scouts. It's uh, building boards. It's building your stack. It's building the 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 board by position by round. And it's a lot of discussions, and it's really it's it's all set in that one room. You come out, you eat lunch, might go get a workout, and then you come back in and you do it. There's you know it, it's actually really a, a neat process. You you go through each position. You know you start with maybe your highest graded player, or you might be starting alphabetical order, and work your way all through until you get done with the position, and then you move on to the next. So it's a it's a pretty just uh, it, it's it's almost like the movie Groundhog Day, if you've ever seen it with Bill Murray, where you live the same day over and over and over again. But I, I, the word hectic or running around, I, I wouldn't use in, in this case. Let me ask you this. Mice, for, go ahead. I'm I sorry. was going to say people I've run into, people that are actually in the war room and, and during draft day, everyone I've run into that I'm like, hey, how's it going? <sighs> draft. You know, yeah. you do get that sense of stress, that sense of which is normal because you have so yeah. much going on and, and you're so busy and kind of running around. But I think that happens every single year with every single draft that comes around. Yeah, the, the pressure that scouts that you run into feel is having to present the player because this is the really the first opportunity that Jerry and Steven have to get to and maybe Mike McCarthy too have got to see the player and you want to be able to give the player his due 
And as well as this team drafts, you want to present in a way that makes that player in that light, whether the, the good things the player does, the things he might need to work on, where he fits in the stack, where he fits on the board. It's a lot of pressure on you to do that because there might be some guys in your area as you're driving around that you're like, man, I really like this kid. I would love for us to draft this guy. So you don't want to let th- that player down yeah. and let yourself down that you didn't do a good enough job presenting the player. That's that's a lot of the stress that these guys feel. Yeah, it's a ton of meetings. Everybody I talk to on that side of yeah. the building all is like, man, just meeting after yeah. meeting after meeting yeah. after meeting. Well, uh, I know. That's our world too, Nick. You know, well, yeah, it, we, we've done that. You're in an unusual yeah, situation yeah. here, and I've, I've lived it myself. Because Jerry and Steven, and and this is this is just you know this is because your owner is the general manager. He also has other businesses too, so he has to carve out time to be. So you you work around their schedule as well. So it could be a little bit of a you know hey we got six hours blocked. Okay, we got to take an hour off. Now we got to go another four hours. You know it's kind of a it's it's very unique, but it, it works for these guys. They do a really good job at it. Let's uh, real quick, uh, Brian. I, you mentioned the board. For those people out there that are listening that aren't regular listeners to the draft show and may not understand how that all works, just quickly in a quick two-minute assessment. You're asking me to do something I can't do. How do you <laughs> how do you build a board? Like there yeah. are all these names and obviously there are, you know, some people might think, well, you literally just list them all in order of how right. you'd like to take them, but right. how does that all work? How does the what are you trying to get to when you're you're building your board? Yeah, if uh in, in my my other job is working on 1053 the fan and I'm going to post my board on our website so you'll have an idea. I do it exactly how you know, I learned uh, the Cowboys, the Packers back in the day, and, and putting a board out there. I'm going to put a stack up for you too, from one to two uh, to two ten on the players I've looked at, and what order I would take them. It's really to me. So you ordered all two ten. I did. I, okay. I put in order how I would take them from one to two ten mm-hmm. is what I would do. And so you, it's you know, you're kind of thinking about, okay, how do you, you know, how does this guard compare to this? defensive tackle how does this corner compare to this wide receiver how would I how do I feel about I have to go back and read some of my notes and say okay I like this guy a little bit better that's what they're doing in there I mean let me cut you off real quick and ask you you doing your board based off of all the teams are the Cowboys doing their board based off of all the teams if if the number one player on Kansas City's board if the number one player is a quarterback is he number one on their board knowing they have Patrick Mahomes no, that's that's the thing that you're talking about. The Cowboys, the Cowboys do the teams do the board based off of where they would pick them based off. That's their... yeah. You don't want to window dress your board. Okay. You know, it, you, you so you, you don't care about the outside influence. I don't care. No, I don't care. You just you're looking at your you're looking at your particular team, and you got to even though you have Patrick Mahomes, you have to give these players their due, okay. and you have to say, okay, if we were drafting. If we were drafting, where would we put uh, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama? Okay. Is Bryce Young in our stack when we go one to two fifty or how many ever players? They usually put about one hundred fifty players on their board. So from one to one fifty, where would we put Bryce Young in that? And what in one of the great examples of the Cowboys getting their board right was when if you go back to the Johnny Manziel draft where they had Zach Martin, yep. and they lose Ryan Shazier, who's the tag ahead of them, Linebacker. and then all of a sudden Shazier's off the board. Who's the next guy? Zach Martin. Jerry Jones, general manager, goes. Johnny Manziel's tax still there, guys. So now he brings it up in the room. Everybody kind of goes, but Jerry, Zach Martin is our next our tag. That's 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 the work that we did. We're you know we're not window dressing our board. We're not just putting guys up there to put them up there. We're putting up there how we would take them. You know because if Kansas City got if they're at thir- at uh, thirty one 
and Bryce Young, who they put at second, maybe on their board, is there. They should take, by all means, they should take Bryce Young yeah. is what they should do if they're if they're true to their stack and their board. And do what with them? Trade him? <laughs> I think, you know, I think keep him. I think you keep him and, yeah, you keep, yeah. you hold on. You never know. I mean, teams play without they, – they play without your quarterback every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. True. And that's the thing, like what, what a parcel. That would be saying. a luxury pick then. <laughs> we, are, we are in the, the talent acquisition business. Yeah. So you try to get the best talent you can. And, and by the, at some point it's going to be valuable to you, whether it is a trade or whether right. you actually are ready well, to play the player. I think, too, though, it, it's – to me, the, the great thing that the Cowboys have been able to do under Will McClay and his administration is, the, the, like when a C.D. Lamb becomes available. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had them taking chase on the defensive end from or outside linebacker from LSU. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You know, everybody had him. It's, oh, they're taking it in, they're taking it in, taking it in. And the night of the draft, we're all like, they hand in the CD Lamb card, and you're going, my God, they did it. They actually took the best player on their board. Mm-hmm. And I think the Cowboys at 26 are set up that way right now. Whatever pick they make at 26 is a pick that's going to help them. It really, really is. Whether it's a guard, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a corner, linebacker. They're set up in a way now that whatever player falls to them on their board, they'll be good to go. Let's take a, a call in our before we go to our first break. We had a call from Jim in Pasadena, California. Jim, what up? Jim, hey Jim, how we doing? I'm fine. How are you this morning? Yeah, good. just turn on your radio. We're good. Hmm. Okay. Should I turn mine down? Is that what you're telling? Please do. Yeah. So what you got for us? It's down. Okay, thank you. Hmm. You know they're talking about drafting a quarterback that falls, and I'm wondering. Can you, if one falls and you take them, and another team doesn't anticipate you doing that, and they get on the horn and go, "Look, we'll give you a bouquet of picks in this very same draft." Can you trade a guy you just drafted in the same draft? All right, thanks yeah, for the call. You know what? I don't. We've the seen. NBA. We've, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it happens in the NBA all the time. It yeah, happens in yeah. the NBA, but we've seen it with. Uh, well, what about with the, the quarterback? Yeah, it happened with uh, Eli uh, Manning. Eli Manning, yeah, yeah. Eli Manning and Philip yep. Rivers. Yep. You know, all of a sudden, like the the right. Chargers take the Chargers take Manning, yep. and the Giants get on the horn and say, "No, we're gonna we're gonna well, we want to trade here." So yes, you 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 can absolutely you do, can that. do that. Yep, yeah. Usually, it gets done within the fifteen minutes uh, or. Wh- however long time, it is yeah. for the round. We've but. done it before when 20 seconds on the clock before the Cowboys. Roy Williams. People watching the draft, I feel like sometimes it can feel like it takes forever to make the other pick and the other team to go. But in reality, when you're dealing with all that, trying to figure out exactly what to do, that amount of time that you have to make those big decisions yeah. or even pick up the phone yeah. or call somebody or take a phone call and, and decide if you want to make any kind of trade. I mean, it all happens very, very quickly. It and does. I don't know how they manage well, making you, you all kinda, those decisions. You kind of throw, throw the chum in the water. When you're like you're fishing, you throw chum in the water to try and get the big fish to come up. And so what you do is pre-draft. You'll get on the phone. When I was working at Pro Personnel, I used to call all the teams. I'm like, listen, hey, uh, we're open. If you want to do anything, man, make sure you give Steven a call. You got the numbers, but, hey, we're, we're, we're ready to be. We're here for you. Don't feel like you can't pick up the phone and not talk to Dallas because we're open. And yeah. it lets you know just how much they value other picks yeah. down the road because they have a guy that they want to take, and they've got six minutes left on the, on the, on the clock. Mm-hmm. They're going to wait. Yep. They're going to well, wait to see because – they as much as they like this guy, they also want calls. They want to call. They want to yeah. see maybe we can move back. Because what if we get this guy in other picks? That's what I'll tell you, with Micah. I'll tell you in the uh, the draft twenty five years ago. Uh, I was 
working in Philadelphia. I was doing the draft in Philly with Mike Lombardi. And if you look at that round, we took Trey Thomas, and it was the quickest that any team turned in their card. Because I hated, Ambar, just what you said. All those years of sitting in a draft room before that, and, and like, you know who you want to pick. Just pick the damn guy. Let's go on. Let's move on, you know. <laughs> and at that time, it was 15 minutes a pick. I think we handed our card in with, with like, eight minutes left on the clock. I'm like, guys, we know who we want, right? Everybody's like, yeah. We're not going to get any calls. Yeah. Turn the card in. Let's go. And then we moved on. So if you go back and look at all the picks in that first round, the Eagles had the quickest pick because I, that time, was like you. I'm sick of waiting around for you to pick <laughs> when you know who you're going to take. Yeah. Take the guy, move on. Let's, and then they shortened the rounds, which yeah. I think yeah. is a really, Smart really thing. good thing yeah. they did. Yeah. 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 I'd love to get it down to a minute, but I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> it's not yeah. fantasy football. Hockey, not fantasy, I, th- I think hockey does that. Get that hockey's, done in an hour. hockey's got a really quick one. I think they, they, don't, yeah, they don't mess around in hockey. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Stephen Jones. He had some interesting comments yesterday on The Fan. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. 
The official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine NFL Draft Guide is now available. Do your Cowboys draft with the Cowboys. Get your draft guide today at DallasCowboys.com slash star. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment presented by Blockchain.com. All right, let nice. Jazz is on it. On All right, it let's uh, let's That's go paying attention to the show right there. Let's jump into uh, Stephen Jones' Wally comments. Uh, there, were, <laughs> <laughs> there were a few comments that he made yesterday. I thought were interested. I pulled Tom out Brady and uh, give us an opportunity <laughs> to talk about uh, the first one. He was talking about uh, what they did in free agency, and he was talking about the fact that he feels like they did enough in free agency uh, to where they are in a position now going into the draft where they can choose the best available player. Simple question for you guys. Do you guys agree with that? Do you feel like they've done enough where they really don't have to reach for any position here at the draft? I absolutely think so. I, I mean, me personally, I, I, I love the use of the draft picks, of the compensatory picks to, to go out and grab a corner. There were some questions like it's a deep draft when we look at the corners and stuff and what rounds, but to go out and get a veteran corner that's still playing at a high level, it keeps you from having to maybe address that really early in the draft. Uh, you know, you look at what they did with the wide receiver. There's so much chaos in that wide receiver room. Yeah, you, what you did, you got a smaller guy, but you got a guy that's proven. You got a guy that people know about, that you can use and how to use. And you don't have the questions of like, okay, if I take a Cooks, Cooks would be perfect in this draft because he kind of fits the profile of some of the top players. Mm -hmm. But you know Cooks. These other ones, the Zay Flowers from Boston College, you know the Downs from North Carolina, smaller guys, but we haven't seen them play at an NFL level. So now that kind of takes the Cowboys like, okay, we don't have to address that early. You know, I, I really do like what they do. I said this earlier. I really do believe this. They can now draft and just say, take that guy, take that guy, take that guy, without the pressure of having to force a pick, maybe like they did several years ago with a, with a Taco Charlton, you know, that kind of situation. I mean, it comes down to um, Jake Ferguson, you know, that tied in. And and then whoever whatever they feel like is their left guard right now, the is it Chuma Idoga or Tyler Smith, and then however that works out. But but to me, there are some plug and play opportunities, and I think tight end and guard, maybe linebacker, running back would be the guys that you would take there that would come right in and play. And so that's where I would lean towards is like, yeah, you can take all those guys, and if this year CD Lamb has fallen to them then they have to consider it. But I think tiebreakers should be the guys that the plug-and-play that could play. And that's why, to me, left guard would still be a tight end, I think, could be up there. But I'm a fan of Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. If you didn't draft a tight end at all, I would be okay. I, I think it would be fine. I mean, yeah, you would prefer one, but they're getting these guys, they're getting undrafted free agent tight ends almost every year. So I trust Lunded Wells and, and that group to, to, to figure it out, even if you didn't draft one. Yeah, I think they've done an excellent job this free agency addressing every every position and just allowing themselves to actually pick the best talent on the board. The only, only position that I think still needs to be addressed is kicker. But <laughs> at the same time, that's not like you use a draft pick on a kicker anyways. So other than that, I mean, I've been going through my head like all the positions and I feel like there's really... Obviously, like Nick mentioned, areas that we know you're going to need to plug in a player and be a starter right off the bat. But at the same time, there are no necessarily big holes where you're like, OK, if we have to play a game tonight, I think we could actually play a game. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the tight end position, because Nick, you brought it up and 
Steven talked about it on the show. And one of the things that stood out to me, he was talking about tight ends and what you look for in tight ends. And he was talking about how rare it is to find a tight end that does both well, talking about blocking and pass catching. Um, looking at the the guys that are in this draft, particularly, do you see those types of guys in this draft? Because I've always said, I, I don't. I agree with you, Nick. Like, I, I don't know that I would necessarily feel like I need to go out and get a, a tight end. However, the one caveat to that is, Either if there's a tight end who is a Travis Kelsey type, the type that is a huge mismatch mm-hmm. that I can line up everywhere, so it's like drafting more of a pass catcher sure. than just a, yeah than just a tight end. Or if you tell me I could find a guy who is really good at both, he can now block and add something to the run game and still catch, catch passes. Because I don't know that any of the tight ends on this team we would consider to be great blockers. What do we have in the way of those kinds of prospects at the tight end position? Yeah, I appreciate Corey Majors asked the question. And he asked me if you could ask Stephen Jones a question, what would you ask? Mm-hmm. And he, he used my that question. question? So, yeah. Because I, I was trying to figure out, there's two questions I'm trying to figure out. Who's going to play left guard with Tyler Smith? What's going to happen there? Because if they immediately say Tyler Smith is going to play left guard, then I think you can eliminate early a guard being picked here. I, I really do. And, and then the next question I had was if the traits – what are the traits you're looking for in a tight end? They obviously have a couple of guys that can get up the field, can catch with with Hendershot and Ferguson. Maybe not as good as blockers. Okay, now if you say, well, the blocking part, it's hard to find a guy. Mayor, tight end from Notre Dame, can do both. Washington, tight end from Georgia, can do both. When you start talking about Kincaid, Utah, Guys that really not a great blocker. Musgrave, Oregon State, not a great blocker. But down-the-field players. So if the Cowboys at 26 are going to try and address a blocking situation, a dual guy, Mayor from Notre Dame, Washington from Georgia. Those are the two guys that you would probably consider. That gives you a little clear path to what they're looking for. They're, it's, they said he's right. The way the college game is, it's very rare that you have these what they call inline tight ends or tight ends that line up next to the tackle and block. Very rare. Who is the best complete tight end in the NFL? I mean, I, I get yeah, I get Kelsey and question. Kelsey and Kill are the two best in, in, because well, they're so great. A Kittle blocks. Yeah, Kittle Kittle's Kittle, Kittle, yeah. can block, and yeah. that and that and that's the thing. Kelsey is Kelsey doesn't really want to do that. I mean, but you know, he's a kind of a getting away. You watch Kittle. And then use check, and they get both of them on the same side. Yeah, it's coming downhill at you real fast. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of so thing. Kittle's so, probably the most complete in the league. Most complete. And the, in the interesting league. thing is, there are games where Kittle doesn't really have a lot of catches, but you watch him closely. Yeah. He's making blocks. Like he, they yeah. use yeah. him. It's just he's not one that's going to always Kelsey in every game. He's going to get off because that's just a part of their offense that he's going to be catching passes. They yeah. run the ball behind. Kittle, yeah. yeah, you know they they really do, and and they've got a really they've got a good offensive line. They got a physical running game, and a lot of it starts because of what Kittle does at the point of attack. Yeah, but I, I also look at at Witten his first year. I look at Dalton Schultz his first two years, and I'm not saying either one of them became these great blockers, but they were get in the way blockers enough, especially Witten. And I think Ferguson, coming from Wisconsin, running the football the way he is, I just give him a year. Give, let's see what happens with the weight yeah. room yeah. this year. Yeah. Hendershot as well. Hendershot's got a frame that you can put 10 to 15 pounds on good weight. Yeah, he's a light tight yeah. end in my opinion. I, I'd like to see. I just want to see what those two guys have. And and um, But it gets kind of weird. You draft a tight end first, second, third round. Now they're going to be in the mix. You start getting later on to address that position, and – are they going to be better than what you have? Probably not. Right. Yeah, I think that 
the later you get in this draft, though, I'll throw a name. Uh, you know, his, his name's actually Strange from Penn State. Was like a, a fourth round type of a guy. Uh, player 107 on my stack, you know. I, I think him, Wiley from Cincinnati, uh, Latu from Alabama. These guys are more, you're giving up downfield stuff to get more blocking, to get more. But those are all, like I say, those are all more more like Allen from Clemson, guys that kind of are, are good blockers, but not like why, you know, there's a reason why they're talking about all those other guys at the top of the board. And then as we get to, you know, tight end 107, tight end 121, tight end 126, tight end 138. That's that's how they stack. You know, I had a question about um, Darnell Washington at Georgia. Yeah, if Bowers, the tight end, who's going to be a, probably a first round pick, well, he'd be next maybe year, a top ten. Top ten. He's yeah. unbelievable at Georgia. Yeah. If he wasn't there, would Washington have? Would he be more of a pass catcher? Would well, he be more yeah. of their offense. I think that to, to me, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Stetson Bennett one day, the quarterback at Georgia. And you're watching him throw the ball, throw the ball, and they get down in the red zone, and every time they're throwing the ball to Washington, the tight end. And, and like, every time they're – you know, Bowers is making plays. He's, like, kind of the throw-it-to-him-and-run guy. Mm-hmm. Where Washington is the, hey, we're in the red zone, you're 6'7", you're 260, uh, 262 pounds, nobody can cover you. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's where Stetson I'll Bennett – that That's where Stetson Bennett it, – it's not it's, – I mean, there's times you watch Washington catch the ball and run – not like Bowers, but but you watch him in the red zone. It's like, damn, he threw it to him again. It's like he he. It's like they have nobody on the other side of the field that can cover him. Like he's a rebound type guy. Goes the game. Yeah, yeah. Martellus. Yeah. Bennett. See the, that's Martellus. See that's why that's yeah. why I think you need to be alert about Washington here, because Jerry Jones' vision for what Martellus Bennett was. Yeah. They drafted Martellus Bennett with that thought of look at this guy, kind of a mismatch, and I think I think Washington is a better. Foot athlete than what Bennett is. You love mm. football. I think he loves football more than what you were at. But 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 hey, it's good to have other interests. Yep. You don't have to love football all the time. That's you know? a good point. Yeah, you Great have to point. have other interests. Could all right. have been could could have gained thirty pounds and would have been the best right tackle left. Tackle. Okay, there's there's Martel's Jason Peters. I'm talking about Martel's Well, that's, yeah, that's the thought. Saying. That's yeah. the thought. Yeah. Maybe Washington. Really? That's the thought that maybe this this era of football with for Washington could be at six seven. He's two sixty two, two sixty four. Do you bulk him up and make him is he this is he this era's uh, Jason Peters? Yeah, you know. All right, let's get one more hit uh, topic real quick that we want to hit on Stephen Jones. Uh, he was talking about uh, Tyler Smith, uh, and he was talking about continuing to have him at left tackle. He says they're not totally committed to anything yet. He says ideally they would love to keep him there and, and have him continue to work there. My question for you guys, is there any scenario for you, and this is not thinking about the Cowboys, just for you, is there any scenario where you would not have Tyler Smith as your starting left tackle when the season begins? Yeah, it's the scenario of of, of a practice where they're like, Tyron Smith looks like he's turned back the clock. Tyron Smith looks like he has looked 10 years ago, six years ago. <laughs> And Terrence Steele has been unbelievable. He's back. He's ready to go. Like, what are we going to do? And we can't – nobody at left guard can block. This guy can't block. That's my scenario. I'm like, all right, shift. Be- now, how long will it last? I don't know. But but Tyler Smith was like a yo-yo shift, back right? and forth. Shift, right? Shift. Yeah. 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 <laughs> shift happens. <laughs> I, I think there's – I'm sorry I'm jaded. I'm jaded. I, I I would not. The talk about moving Terrence Steele to left guard oh, yeah, no. makes me 
And, 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 I, and everybody knows my thing with Terrence Steele. Everybody knows that, and I apologize. I, I can't apologize more. I apologize to Dave Campo for not doing a good enough job for him while he was here as a head coach. But this is one of you – I just – man, there's such a good combination between Martin and Steele at right – on that right side. Mm-hmm. There really is. They run the ball better when those two are together. And to put him at left guard, I think we'd see some of those Connor Williams things. I think we would see a little bit of a, a struggle with power. I'm not saying it's going to happen every single time, but I think there would be a little bit. I think they, I would hope that they learn their lesson there. I think Tyler Smith is going, would be, is going to be a hell of a left tackle. I really, really do. I, I think that for what he was able to do, play guard and then jump in there and, and not be a not be a detriment at all. But man, I just can't I can't see it right now. I can't see him playing left guard. I, I and I and I get I get I get that thought in my mind about Tyron Smith. And just when I want to say that Tyron Smith looks like he's, you know, twenty three years old again, yeah. something happens at a practice and you're going well, mm-hmm. we're not going to see him for a while, you know. And then I just can't, I can't bring myself to be at that level where I'm like, let's go, let's go with those five, yeah, because I know something's probably going to happen. Yeah. Well, and then you also always hear the same words of like, I feel better than I've ever felt, and that's yeah. just quite impossible after you sustain or your body sustains so many injuries. Yeah. And I think that over the years, and to be fair, like Tyron Smith, he has still played. At a pretty high level, I think, despite all his injuries. But over the past couple of years, I do think his game has kind of taken a dip, a decline. And I get it. Like, even last year, him playing on the other side, you can see the difference in his game. He wasn't the same guy, which is fair. You get somebody that's always been playing on the other side, and then you move him. That's going to be a a different – you're going to see a difference there. But – to Nick's scenario, I think we all agree that that's kind of a pretty impossible thing to imagine that that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, and this always happens to me, where we sit here prior to even training camp or prior to the start of the season, and we're like, well, what are we going to do with uh, who's going to play what, where, what's going to happen? Somehow, some way, it always sorts itself out. With the O-line, I've learned and come to realize that it just always finds a way to kind of figure things out and things kind of start falling into place because something happens to somebody and then now you're left with what you got, which yeah. are the guys that are ready to go. There's a lot of moving pieces, though, now because you have a new offensive line coach yep. there. And you think yeah, kind of with Joe Philbin, I, I had an idea what they might do because with Joe Philbin. But with Mike Solari, I'm not so sure now. That That's the thing. Now I'm going into – all those adjustments that you're talking about, the ability to shuffle guys around. And Stephen Jones talks about it all the time, even on 105.3 The Fan. Ask him the continuity question. He says, you love continuity. Well, they've come to the point now they're not, they know they're not going to have continuity. Mm-hmm. You, th- that is the NFL today. You are not going to have continuity with your offensive line. There's always something that is going to happen, and you got to be ready for it. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll get some fan questions. we got those rolling in from Twitter. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. You know, this place has a lot of cool people that comes around every now and again. But, guys, Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks are coming to Colin the Baton Star. Rouge. They're coming to the Star May 11th at the Ford Center. This is the Academy of Country Music Awards. Join them live in country. In country. What? In person at Country Music's Party of the Year. Get yours. Get your tickets before they're gone. SeatGeek.com. There's just a few tickets remaining. Garth Brooks, Dolly Parton. You don't even have to be Nine to five. Maybe her favorite famous song. Working? No, 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 no. Jolene. 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 And I, I, Jolene's I got so to sad. Jolene in the last two or three years, and I was like, this is a genius song. No. Oh, Jolene is no. it? Yeah, it's, her, it's to me, eerie. To me, the, the, the greatest song, love song, or it's really the saddest song ever. Yeah. It's her song. It's I Will Always Love You. Oh, yeah, now, her song. Whitney sure. Houston took it to a level, you know, <laughs> I mean, she's unbelievable, but. As Garth, I mean, I mean, Dolly Parton sang that song. That's, yeah, that's the saddest song ever. If you really listen to the words and all that, but but you know, Whitney Houston kind of took it to another level. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, Dolly Parton, Garth Brooks, I mean, kind of legendary. Yeah, even well, you. Yeah, that no don't doubt. you don't like country music at all? You've heard of them. I wouldn't say I don't like. I just don't listen to country music. It's not that I don't like it. I mean, it's fine. I you just, listen to it if you liked it. I dare you to, like, if Derek has a chance to meet Garth Brooks or Dolly Parton, you say, this guy doesn't like country music. I, I, I would, what, what I would hate. That would be a challenge. Here's what I, I hate. Hi, this is Derek this Eagleton. Like, he runs everything here, but he hates country music. You know, Joe, you know Joe Trahan's going to be running somebody oh, around here. No. I'd hate for him, like, Derek. Hey. He'd be like, my what, favorite. What, what do you need? Do you yeah. looking for a job? Who, who are you? Like, my favorite. Garth Brooks. My favorite story all the time. I know we got questions, okay. get phone calls. Who? My favorite story of everything of meeting celebrities here was the time I was watching film with Sting, yeah. the wrestler. Yeah, that's the greatest. And he was, was in full Sting good. gear yeah. and with the bat and everything. And I'm like, I hear he goes, 
Romo looks like he's doing the ball pretty well. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And I turn around, and he's got full steam gear on. He's breaking down tape with me yeah. watching practice. That's the craziness of being in this building. You never know who's going to You never know. And, you never and they're know. always interested in what, what you're doing because oh. they're like, you're talking football? You're watching football? Yeah, I'll sit down and watch. Well, that's when Omar Epps comes at training camp. He's yeah. hanging out in the tent. Yeah, same thing. I remember the, the time, too. Well, Chris Christie was the governor of, of New Jersey. I say, I'm not trying to make a political thing. I'm sitting there one day watching tape, on, and he comes walking by and just stops and kind of well, what are you doing here? And I introduced myself. He goes, "Oh yeah, I know you. I follow you on the on dot com. Yeah, I, yeah, you're, I like your work. You know." And I'm like, "Oh, well, thank you, sir." You know, <laughs> he's sitting there watching tape. You know, Governor of Jersey hanging out watching a little tape. You yep. know, you never know. Yep. Never know. It's like a little Sports Center commercials. Are, it is. Every now it really and again, is. You know? Yeah. Like like yeah. it was a while ago, but I just remember sitting there just working, and then all of a sudden you could hear something happening, and, and Rowdy on a scooter just comes whipping by, <laughs> and you're just like. That's where we work, man. Okay. That's where we work. <laughs> That's where we work. It's just part of it. All right, let's jump into a couple of fan questions. Actually, we got a phone call from Antoine in North Carolina. Antoine, what's up? How you doing, fellas? Um, my question to you guys, does position flex, does that make a player come off better than someone that's a top-ranked player or not top-ranked but ranked above someone else? Does that make, does that make you alter your board a little? All right, thanks for the call. I, yeah, I mean, I think it does. It, but also depends on the round. It yeah. also depends because if in the first round, like it, I think it comes down to guys that are available to play right now. So I'd rather I'd rather play a guy that's a better, let's say, guard right now at twenty six. But in, if you're talking second or third round, this guy's a guard. He's also a center. Then I think position flex matters more. But if I'm drafting a guy in the first round, it's because I expect you to be playing on week one. And so position flex doesn't matter as much to me right then. I think position flex is good, but I've also seen it kind of wreck a career. I've seen Mm -hmm. uh, Tyron Crawford. Mm -hmm. They could never find a spot. And now they're dealing with these defensive backs, you know. With, they're trying to figure out where these guys are the corners or safeties and all that. And then the next thing you know, it's you never really found a position. Sometimes position flex means you're good enough, but it, it also can hurt you because you're never great at one spot. Yeah. You're never great, you know. And I, I, Tyron Crawford, he got a lot of money because of you know, Rod Marinelli thought he could play the under tackle or the yeah. three. He just got too banged up. He couldn't play it because they kept trying to figure out where to play him. And I think his career got shortened because of that. Because well, of- also, you're, you're constantly having to change your physique, like your body, yeah. because you change in weight. Okay, you're not going to have the same body type for right. this position as opposed to that, which is something that I heard Tyron Crawford talk yeah. about a lot, yeah. having to, you know, one year we saw him gain weight a little bit. Next yeah. year he was losing weight. So it's yeah. just that back and forth having to change constantly. It could be a blessing and a curse all in the same time, depending on the player. Yeah. Let's take a question from uh, Mayo. He says, if the Cowboys draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds, does that make drafting a tight end less of a need? And he's thinking about target share there. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. And, 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 and goes back to what I had said before. If you don't draft a tight end in the first couple of rounds, now he comes in here, is he going to be better than what you've got? Possibly. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, you, you could see that. Um, but but I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Now if you draft him the first couple of rounds, then yeah, you, that's why you're, you're drafting him because you're expecting him. Is he? That's what Jerry's gonna ask. Is he? He's gonna point. Is he? Is he better than what we've got with Hendershot and and Ferguson? Oh yeah, Jerry or, or whatever. Then we draft him. But if he's not, then 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 you don't. So uh, to go back 
I didn't answer the question though. I was just talking more about tight end. But if you get a receiver, yeah, that's just that's more targets. The the question that's going to be posed in the draft room by Jerry Jones is, and they're going to keep bringing it up, and it could be a block. It could be a block here. Is where we are. Where are we with Tolbert? Where yeah. are we with Tolbert? He goes. You guys talked me into this in the third round. We actually talked about this kid in the second round last year. I made the determination we were going to take Sam Williams. We got Tolbert in the third. Where are we with Tolbert right now? Was everybody feel about Tolbert? What does everybody feel about Gallup right now? Mm-hmm. Was that just a one-off? Did we is something really wrong with him? You know, that's the discussions that need to be had in the room. Not so much about would it you know would it keep one guy from catching the ball, but if you're interested in you know adding a guy. Jerry's going to ask that question. What about what about Tolbert? What about Ferguson? What about Hendershot? You know, tell me about what are we going to do here? Are we adding something too? And so I I kind of feel like though, you just you make the determination. They they don't know what's going to happen with Tolbert. They really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you hope you hope that he plays to the level that you thought he was going to play when you drafted him last year. And I and I I, I I I also hope it doesn't deter them from taking a wide receiver that they really like. Yeah. Because well, talent wise, what is out there as far as like, is it could it because we keep talking for the first round, we keep talking about uh, tight end, we keep talking about the offensive lineman, mm-hmm. even running back if somebody falls sure. down. But as far as wide receiver, is there that's, someone that's talented enough to actually? be Oh, they got a talented player, but like, you're taller than every one of them. You know that kind of, that's that's the thing about this draft. That's that's the thing about this draft that that you have to figure out of these five nine wide receivers who who is going to be the one that fits the best. This coach has a history of not taking slot only uh, wide receivers, but they visited Flowers from Boston College, kind of a slot only player. So you know maybe things are changing. Maybe Mike McCarthy's like, hey, well we can work with this. We you know this player's too talented. But Flowers, Boston College, Downs, North Carolina, Scott, Cincinnati. Seriously, you're taller than all of them. You know, that's whoever figures this out, whoever figures this out, it could have the best draft at wide receiver. But there's a lot of questions about the height and the weight of these wide receivers. Paul Beasley was productive oh, yeah. once. Exactly, want... but slot only, right? Yeah. Yeah. Slot only. See, that's what I'm saying. Know, I know, now, I know. You know, if they take, if they take, you know, if you, if you take. I'm just saying, you, there are those guys that yeah. can still be productive. Absolutely. But they got one in free agency. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. If if they're willing, did they, did they take their receiver in Cooks that's going to keep them from mm. drafting somebody at 26? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what you but you know that's that's the situation you're going to have and then throw in like I mentioned, you know, the 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 kid you drafted last year too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to be another question that has to be asked. Is there a 0% chance that CD Lamb does not get re-signed? As I don't I don't Yes, think. zero. Yeah, I, I okay. He's back. Right. Yeah. And that's a Pollard, factor. I don't that's think so. Pollard. Okay. See, yeah, I think different there, question. I, 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 I think, think that's where I think that's CD. where if you talk about running back and you say whoever you draft and this draft is deep in running backs, whoever you take at running back, I think will be your starting running back in twenty twenty four. I don't think it'll be Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. I really Stephen Jones talks about well, we'd like to get Tony done. I could see this being just like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, we we don't want to lose the weapon. We you know there's some questions about his injury coming back, but him, Britt Brown, those guys will work their rears off to get back out on the field. But there's I, I think that you know it's going to be a situation where Tony Pollard making the money amount ten million dollars. Tony Pollard might be fortunate to get ten million dollars for three years. 
you know, the, ne- the next time and around. Agency. Yeah, and free agency. Yeah, it, yeah. running backs and agents, I mean, it, it, it's a really tough situation for these agents to kind of figure out the best thing because a lot of these guys, they see the guy next to him in their locker, and, and he's a different position. He's like, second contract, it's time to get the bag. Yeah. As a running back, you want to stay in the league. Yeah. And the best way to stay in the league is maybe to take, like Brian said, a deal that's it's like this will this will protect you. Because Zeke was like, and Zeke deserved it. Zeke, they ran him to death, yeah. and he and he deserved that money that he got. But it, it it's tough when you're at this this part in their career. I mean, you look at the top ten players on this team as far as experience on the team. Tony Pollard's eighth. I still view him as kind of a younger guy. Mm-hmm. He's the eighth most tenured player on this team. Tied for you know others, but like, where did that? When did that happen? Isn't yeah. he this young shy guy that his not parents own a barbecue place <laughs> yeah. in Memphis and all that? No, now now he's. Who so they figured out how to use? Yeah, <laughs> it kind of it took. Yeah. yeah, you kind of figure out they figured out how to finally yeah. use him. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be but, actually the the reason why he actually does have a shot at a but, second contract is because they didn't use him as much as they have used traditionally used running I, backs in the NFL in the first few years. What I want to see is is this year's. I wonder. I want to know who's this year's Tony Pollard in, in terms of. Because I was told they, you know, they do mock drafts for yeah. the next two weeks here before leading up to the draft. In every mock draft they did, Tony Pollard was drafted in the third or fourth round every single time. They knew they wanted to take Tony Pollard. I just wanted who's this year's guy. Of who's like, that guy that we're taking him? Well, regardless, Switzer was well, another guy like that too. That yeah, they I, you know, if you want to throw if you want to throw something out there like that, because there's plenty of opportunity. There's you know when you look at the draft and we have the draft show coming up after our show and we we get into these running backs a lot. You know, Derek is uh, his school, Roshan Johnson. If you, as much as I love Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, you know, when you, when you start to look at how they're using him and how, that's a guy right there when you start talking about that third round could be a really sweet spot. If wear you, and tear, no wear and tear, right? No, that's what I'm saying. You got and spirit, he's a great complimentary great back. Great complimentary back. He catches the ball. Like he, Pollard, he, yeah. He's always finishing forward. They did a great job at Texas using both those mm-hmm. backs and featuring really both those backs. Yep, yep. And I think it's going to help Roshan in the yep. NFL. I really do. Guy came out of high school as a, as a quarterback yeah. and transitioned to running back. So he's a bigger guy, taller guy. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week uh, heading into the draft. It'll be draft week. Uh, we'll, we'll toss out some names next week. We'll get Brian and Nick and Amber to give you guys some names on some players they expect to hear. I used to live the here, Cowboys. so I don't know if I can do this anymore. Cowboys call out <laughs> on, uh, on Thursday night, Friday night, and then again on Saturday. Till then for Nick Keaton, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!